Thank you for listening to Simple Church, where we love God, love others, and serve our world. Tune in today for a life-changing message from our lead pastor, Tom Allen. We've been studying about underdogs. We've seen several guys in the Bible who were underdogs. As a matter of fact, the Bible's just full of underdogs because uh, what God wants to do is to take underdogs, people who really probably couldn't make it by themselves. He wants to take them and make us top dogs. And that's what he's at work at in our lives all the time. And so we see that in Esther. If you wanted a theme statement for Esther, for her life, it would be, my chances are slim. She didn't really have much of a chance except for what we're going to learn today. She was served. We're going to first of all learn about serving. Let me tell you what uh, serving is. It's putting someone else before yourself, and that is at the very core of the kingdom of God. So we're going to learn four lessons today, and I hope they'll be a blessing to you. The first lesson is this. Never call serving... Go ahead. There you go. Never call serving others... A little thing. And, and I hope you catch this. This is so important. Never call serving others a little thing. It's always a God thing. Because you see, you never ever know when you serve someone, especially in the name of God, for the glory of God. And you serve someone, you never know how God's going to take that and use that. Because serving changes things. Let me list for you some places where that is so true. It's true in marriage. Marriage is a man and a woman giving their life away to each other to serve each other for as long as they live. It's true in parenting. That's what parents do. They give their life away to their children. They wonder if the children will ever appreciate it, but they give their lives away to the children. And then it's true in our occupation. If we go into our occupation working as unto the Lord, serving to do a good job, it will resound to our blessing and to the blessing of so many people. It's true in our neighborhood. It's true in our extended families. It's true in our friendships. See, friendships are about serving each other, not taking from each other, not about me, but a true friendship is I care about you. You care about me. Man, we come out stronger. Anytime we serve, it blesses. It's true and when a team's play. You let team members start thinking only about themselves, that team's going to grow weaker and weaker. It's true when we help people in need. It's true in church. See, a church is so important because we're here to serve each other because we're a family. And what a family does is it serves one another. Anytime a family starts having people who say, this is all about me, it's what I want, it's the way I want it, then that family's going to be weak. It's going to start falling apart. That's what happens in churches when they fall apart. It's people start, instead of saying, how can I serve you? How can I bless you? How can I be there for you? They start saying, what are you going to do for me? This is the way I want it. I only like this. And that messes everything up. And that's true in our relationship with God also, because we are here to serve God. Serving. Let me give you the statement again. Never call serving others a little thing. It's always a God thing. Serving is how we succeed in life. So let me show you how Esther was served. And I will tell you 
what happened in service to her not only changed her life, but it saved the nation of Israel. Here's the story. Esther chapter 2, verse 7. This man, Mordecai, uh, we're talking about him. Mordecai, he had a very beautiful and lovely young cousin, Hadesha, who was also called Esther. When her father and mother died, Mordecai adopted her. What Mordecai did was he was serving her. By adopting her into his family, he served her, and he raised her as his own daughter. Now, Esther started out pretty grim. Her mom and dad had died. She was an orphan. She was part of Israel, but Israel had turned against God after the rule of David and Solomon. Israel had turned against God, and so a foreign power had come in and had occupied them and had taken them over. She was, uh, you know, just, just really needy. What are her chances? They're very, very slim. But Mordecai, her cousin, takes her in and he pours his life into her. I'm going to tell you what the life of Esther reminds us of. It's this. When our chances are slim and God enters in, things change. I'm going to tell you how God usually enters in through you, through me, through us. See, God wants to use us as his instruments. You've heard the statement, he wants us to be his hands and his feet and his heart and his eyes and his love. And any time we serve others in the name of Jesus Christ, God brings blessings. So the story continues in Esther chapter 2, verses 15 through 17. Esther was the daughter of Abihal, who was Mordecai's uncle. Mordecai had adopted the younger cousin Esther. When it was Esther's turn to go to the king, she accepted the advice of Haggai, the eunuch in charge of the harem. And she asked for nothing except what he suggested. And she was admired by everyone who saw her. So Mordecai adopted her. Mordecai was involved in the kingdom. And, and what was so cool is that people looked at her and they, she had favor. Partly she was beautiful. That, that helps, okay? But she also had favor of God upon her. You'll see that all the way through the story. So Esther was taken to King Xerxes at the royal palace in early winter of the seventh year of his reign. And the king loved Esther. God gave, him, gave her favor with him. And the king loved Esther more than any of the other young women. He was so delighted with her that he set the royal crown on her head and he declared her queen instead of Vashti. I'm not sure Vashti was happy about that. But that's what happened, okay? He made her queen. Now, all of this is starting to happen, watch, because one guy saw an orphaned girl, and he said, I want to serve you. You're part of my family. You're my brother's daughter, and, and, and I want to help you. I want to help you. And so, so he did. And God, in one swoop, took Esther from an orphan to a queen, all because of that service. And then... An interesting thing happens. A very evil man shows up on the scene. His name is Haman. And Haman was a friend of the king. He was a nobleman. He was second in charge in the kingdom. 
right next to King Xerxes. But he hated Mordecai. He wanted him to be dead. And so he thought the best way to kill Mordecai is just to say, we're going to kill all the Jews in the kingdom. And so he made up a decree, and he took it to King Xerxes, and because he was close to Xerxes and second in power, he said, I'd like for you to sign this decree, and we're going to take it. And King Xerxes signed it. He didn't even evidently read it. Sounds like some of our people in Washington, D.C., uh, he, he signed this edict, and the edict was that all the Jews would be killed. But Haman didn't know Esther's secret because she was a Jew. And so the day of the Jews' execution came, and Mordecai came to Esther. He said, they're going to start executing all the Jews in the land, including me, Esther. And so here's what he, he did. He said, Esther, you have to do something. You are the queen. Now, understand something. You can't be a do-nothing underdog and expect to become a top dog. Okay? Let me say it again. You can't be a do-nothing underdog. We're all kind of underdogs. We've all felt that way at times. But we've got to do something if we're ever going to become a top dog. And so he said, Esther, you have to do something. You're the queen. You've got to go to the king and tell him what's happening. Because I don't think he wants this to happen. Now understand something. So our first lesson today is that even in little things when we serve, God can do big things. You're going to see the big thing God did because Mordecai served Esther. Leads us to our second point. The minute you do something, <laughs> the minute you do something, there's uncertainty. So our second lesson for today is uncertainty is certain. Be humble. Now, in this life, we never know from one day to the next what's going to come. And anytime we make a decision to serve someone, know this, you're taking a risk. Because the minute you and I choose to serve anybody, we're making ourselves vulnerable. We're making ourselves vulnerable to have to get involved in their lives, to take our time, our talents, our treasures, maybe to get hurt by those people because they won't respond to our love that we're seeking to show to them. Uncertainty in life is certain. That's the reason we have to stay humble through all this. Because if we don't stay humble, we won't let God take us and use us the way he wants to. Notice the story, Esther 4.11. So Esther said to Mordecai, he said, you got to do something, Esther. And she said to him, all the king's officials and even the people in the provinces know that anyone who appears before the king in his inner court without being invited is doomed to die unless the king holds out his gold scepter and she said, and the king has not called for me to come to him for 30 days. Now, what she's really saying is, Mordecai, why should I take a risk when things are going pretty good for me? I'm queen, I'm queen in the kingdom, and I'm, I'm top dog in the harem, and everything's going good. Everything's going fine. Why should I take a risk? You see, the reason that she would hesitate 
is because the minute you take a step out to serve, the minute you take a step out to help, you're taking a risk. You're working into uncertainty because I don't know where this is going to lead. I don't know how this is going to end up. I don't know what this is going to result in. And, and that's why we have to stay humble. Because you see, humility causes us to say, anytime I give my life away, it's not about me. It's about God and others. Because anytime I serve someone else, I'm serving God. Anytime I help other people, I'm serving God. We've got to remember that. And Esther was kind of hesitant for a moment. She didn't know if she wanted to do that or not. By the way, let me show you a, a real New Testament portion that talks about this humility we're to have. It's James chapter 4, verses 13 through 17. It says, Look here, you who say today or tomorrow we're going to a certain town and we'll stay there a year. We'll do business there and make a profit. <laughs> See, that's pride. See, we like to be in control. We like to have everything lined out so we know exactly what's going to happen. And God says life doesn't work that way. you got to stay humble. Uncertainty is certain. No, it'll come. And so James goes on and says, How do you know what your life will be like tomorrow? Not a one of us in this room know what our life's going to be like tomorrow, okay? He says, your life is like the morning fog. It's here for a little while, and then it's gone. And what you ought to say is, if the Lord wants us to, we will live and do this or that. Otherwise, you are boasting about your own pretentious plans, and all such boasting is evil. The word actually is arrogant, God says, anytime you and I think, boy, I got everything cinched up now, everything's certain, everything's working right, everything's going my way, boy, you better realize uncertainty is certain. You don't know. So you got to stay humble. So that if God asks you to do something that's going to take a risk, and often he does, Almost every time he asks me to get involved in someone's life, I'm taking a risk on my time, my talents, my treasures, my feelings. It's always true. And so Esther was thinking about herself, which we all have a tendency to do. She said, I don't know that I want to become uncertain because I'm pretty certain right now. But notice the end of that verse in James. It's really, really cool. It says, remember, it says, remember, it is disobedience to know what you ought to do and then not do it. It is sin, disobedience, to know what you ought to do and then not to do it. So Esther gave, Mordecai gave Esther some important advice about serving when things are uncertain. Here's what he said to her, and it's powerful. Esther chapter 4, verses 13 through 14. Mordecai sent this reply to Esther. Don't think for a moment that because you're in the palace. In other words, he's saying, Esther, shape up a little bit here, my daughter. Okay? Don't think for a moment because you're in the palace and everything's working out right and you're certain and everything's good for you. Don't think for a moment 
that because you're in the palace, you will escape when all the other Jews are killed. If you keep quiet at a time like this, in other words, Esther, if you are a do-nothing underdog, if you're a do-nothing underdog, deliverance and relief for the Jews will arise from some other place. And I just love that. Because you see, what he's saying is, God's got a plan and he's going to get it done. You know, you know no one's going to thwart God's plan. But he comes to you and me and he says, I want to use you in this plan. I want to use you in this person's life. I want to use you in this situation. Man, I got something good for you. I don't want you to miss out on it. If you say no to me, however, I still will get my plan done. Because I'll just go to somebody else and get it done. But you'll miss out on the blessing. Now, tragic to miss out on anything God wants to do through our lives that will glorify him and bless others and bring blessing to us. So he said... He said, the deliverance will rise from some other place. But then he said, Esther, here's how you're going to miss out. You and your relatives will die. In other words, Esther, I want you to know, you and I and all of our family will die. And then he makes probably one of the most important statements in the Bible. There are many, but this is one of them. He says, who knows, Esther? If perhaps you were made queen for just such a time as this. Boy, that verse speaks to my heart so strongly. Because I don't want to miss out on anything God has that he wants to do through my life. And I don't want you to miss out on anything that God has planned and wants to do through your life. God doesn't want us to miss out. He just kind of begs us, would you listen to me and then just do what I say and man, watch what I'll do. Because it just sets God free to work through us. And how do you know that you are right where you are, involved in right where you're involved with the people that you're involved with? How do you or I know but what God has us right where we are today, this week? Because he wants to do something through our lives in someone's life that he, 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 he couldn't do with anyone else unless we say no. He wants to do that. How do you know if perhaps you were made queen for just such a time as this? <laughs> kind of spoke to Esther. It got to her heart. And it made her ready to take a risk. And instead of being certain, which we love, she humbled her heart and she said, if God wants something, then I want to be available to it, even if it makes me uncertain uncertain. And so that leads us to the third thing. Choose uncertain but serving over certain but selfish. Let me say it again. These are kind of hard to catch, but notice what it says. Always choose uncertain but serving, because anytime you serve, there's some uncertainty. Choose uncertain but serving over certain but selfish. So here's an underdog rising up to do God's will. Notice what it says, Esther 4, 15, 17. Then Esther sent this reply to Mordecai. Go and gather together all the Jews of Susa and fast for me. Do not eat or drink for three days, night or day. My maids and I will do the same. And then, though it is against the law, 
I will go in to see the king. And here's where she has yielded to uncertainty. She said, if I die, I must die. See, what happened was, to serve her nation, she was willing to take the risk of uncertainty. She could have been certain and stayed in the harem and everything be good, but she would have been selfish. She chose uncertainty and unselfishness to potentially give her life to save the lives of others. So, Mordecai went away and did everything as Esther had ordered him. The moment that Esther figured out that God had blessed her in her life for more than her own comfort, she said, I will risk to serve others instead of myself. And anytime you and I come to a point where we say, I know God wants to use me in someone's life. He's brought something or someone into my life. I know he wants to use me here. <clears throat> anytime that happens and we're willing to say, God, I will follow you instead of do what keeps me safe. Then that opens up God to do his great work. God has probably blessed you and me in our lives for more reasons than our own comfort. You know, as a matter of fact, you study the Bible and God doesn't want Christians to get too comfortable. As a matter of fact, by the end of this year, we're going to be taking some steps of faith as a church because you know what? If we aren't careful by this fall, this place will be full. And, 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 and we're going to have to take some steps that make us a little uncomfortable. We're going to have to take some risks that make us a little uncomfortable. I don't know yet what that means. We're working on it. We're praying about it. We're asking God to lead us to it. But you see, if you get too comfortable, and I will tell you, we're kind of comfortable now. Don't you like it? It's kind of fuzzy warm in here, you know. I mean, it's cool, but it's kind of fuzzy warm between our relationships, yeah? I kind of like you, and you kind of like me, and isn't it fun? You get too comfortable, and then it starts being about me and us instead of what God has called the church to do, and that is to love this world just as he loved it and give ourselves for it just as he gave himself for it that so many more may come to know him and love him and believe in him. It always involves a risk. It always involves a chance. God has probably blessed you and me in our lives for more reasons than our own comfort. God has uniquely placed and called and empowered and gifted us for such a time as this. Uh, I want to just show you a statement, then one final point and we're through. Uh, look at this statement on the screen. When things move from serving to selfish, things weaken and die. When things move from selfish to serving, things strengthen and thrive. I want to say that again. Matter of fact, I'd like for us to read it together, okay? When things move from serving to selfish, things weaken and die. When things move from selfish to serving, things strengthen and thrive. Now, that's true in business. That's true on teams. That's true in friendships. That's true in church. That's true in our marriages, 
When a man and a woman give their lives away in marriage, it's so cool. And they have this honeymoon, which is anything from a, a, an hour to a year before they fall off of the cloud. And they wake up and say, oops, I married another hunk of mud here, you know. And now we've got to learn how to live together. But the thing is, when things move from serving in a marriage to selfish, that marriage is going to weaken and it can even die. But when things move from selfish to serving, that marriage is strengthened and it thrives and it grows. Life can so easily become all about me, all about you. And we've got to guard against that final point. Let God is certain become your peace. Here's what she said. She said, if I die, I must die. What that means is she found her peace in God who is certain even when her situation wasn't certain. She said, all right, if that's what I'm to do then to save the nation of Israel, then I'm willing to serve by giving my life if I must. And I'm going to trust God to use it. The rest of her story is simply this. It's in Esther chapter 5. She came before the king. She gave him her his, uh, she, he gave her his, he came, she came before the king and he said, welcome, welcome Esther. So he gave her a scepter. God gave her favor. The king offered her anything she wanted. She asked for her life and the life of her people and he spared the people. He found out what Haman had done. And here's what's interesting. Haman had prepared gallows to kill Mordecai on. And the king took Haman and had him executed on those gallows. Because Mordecai had served. And because Esther had served. And Mordecai and Esther and the Israelites lived in the palace. And Mordecai was given Haman's position of second in command. I mean, what a story. What a story. Of people who were willing to serve. And because they served... Not only was Mordecai's life saved and Esther's life saved, but the nation of Israel was spared. Let me read you Esther chapter 10, 3. Mordecai the Jew became the prime minister with authority next to that of King Xerxes himself. He was very great among the Jews who held him in high esteem because he continued to work for the good of his people and to speak up for the welfare of all their descendants. Amazing when you see what God can do when people are willing to serve. So I wrote down a statement that I, I think summarizes what we've learned today. Who knows if perhaps you are where you are and involved in the people's lives you are involved in for just such a time as this. Let me say it again. Who knows? Who knows why you are where you are, why you're doing what you're doing, why you're involved with the lives of the people that you're involved with. Who knows what God is up to through our lives. So I hope we'll take it seriously, because you know what this week's going to happen? <laughs> I just know. There's going to be someone God's going to bring into your life. Someone who needs to be heard and acknowledged, and loved, and accepted. 
and then ministered to by you. And God's given you. When he brings someone to us, he's always given us everything we need to minister to them at the time that we have. Who knows? If perhaps you are where you are and involved in the people's lives you are involved in for just such a time as this. Don't ever take our lives for granted. Don't ever take our involvements for granted. God's up to stuff. And we don't want to miss out on it. So my prayer is that we'll hear his word and that we'll obey it. Father, thank you so much for this, this wonderful woman named Esther who was loved by Mordecai and cared for and who, because of that, was able to be used to save the nation of Israel. Forgive us, Lord, for any of the times where we would go off on our own selfish ways and think only of ourselves and miss the opportunities of all the people you bring into our lives around us. And we miss to see what you're up to in their lives. God, thank you so much for your goodness to us. But may we not just hoard that and keep it for ourselves. But as you have blessed us, may, the, may we then give out that blessing to others. This week, find us faithful as underdogs who serve you. And any time we serve you, you make us top dogs in your kingdom because then we're doing what we were created to be here for, to serve the living God. Thank you for your love. Thank you that you have served us so faithfully through Jesus Christ, our Savior. And God, I would pray that anyone in this room who might not know you as, as their Father and Jesus Christ as the forgiver of their sin and the Savior of their lives, the leader of their lives, pray that you would cause them to be humble before you today and acknowledge, God, I need you. Christ, I need you for forgiveness in my life. And I need you to take control of my life and make me the person you created me to be. Thank you that we ask all of this in Jesus' name and expect it to be heard and answered for your glory. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen. Thank you for listening. If you're new or want to know more about our Simple Church family, you can visit us online at simple.church or by downloading our simple.church app.